Hello and welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving More, your best place for your predictions and opinion. And tonight, that's the, 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 the title of the show is It's a Hat Tip to the Beast. Um, because he has become the most capped South African rug, um, super rugby player um, in history. And uh, to join me talking about that is um, Mr. Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Oh, good evening, Paul. And once again, privilege and a pleasure to be on the TDM as always. But uh, just like looks like we're, we're riding on our own this evening. No Ashwin. And uh, if Ashwin, if you're watching, I hope you get better very, very quickly. Absolutely. Yep. Um, the... Uh, so yes, so I, I was going to get rest up, get better, because um, we need you back tomorrow for the All Blacks edition. Um, they... <laughs> <We do. laughs> but uh, you were doing a little bit of name dropping before we uh, before we go on air, or do you, you want to, or, or, or is that um, hush hush, uh, not not, um, not public information? No, 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 not really. I just um, got a got a call out of the blue this afternoon from former All Black Lock Ian Jones, who's um, on on another program to. Program tonight. I won't mention it because we want you to stay on this channel right now. We don't want you to go onto any 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 other network. And he just got a few thoughts off me in and around the blues and well, how they were which how they were travelling. He knows that I'm a huge, obviously a, a, a man who's passionate about the not just the not just the Auckland area but the blues region, North and and, and Harbour. So he just wanted a few thoughts on how I thought they were travelling. So, well, no, basically, yeah. look, if you go and listen to the radio now, all you're going to hear is. Um, second-hand thoughts from here. Why? Why not stay here and get it fresh from the horse's mouth rather than get it second-hand? That's um, so. Yes, this is this is this is where they this is where they steal their ideas from, folks. Um, <laughs> well, he is. I should I should say he is a chief's man. So we should, I should should add that in. He is, but he's also someone that has, uh, for the past, uh, well, at least last year, I'm not sure he's doing it this year, um, was doing prediction videos for the uh, Pump for Prizes. Um, which was uh, kind of amusing to watch, but anyway, hey, I told them, hey, I'll do them for them, but uh, so obviously they they weren't um, they weren't so so interested. Um, as it's the title of the show, um, and congratulations to the beast, 157 caps. That's um, that's some that's some going, isn't it? Oh, it it it, it is. He's pretty obviously really good long longevity. Never seems to. Uh, to, to, to drop it drop his form no matter what level whether he's turning up for, for South Africa or in, or indeed if he's uh, turning up for the uh, for the sharks and he's a tremendously strong guy as well he's got a huge cop following in South Africa we've all basically heard him when he's got ball in hand they all chant beast you know so it, it's it, it's fantastic it's great it's great to have those sort of heroes in our game. It is, as you say, the the longevity is the impressive thing. Not quite up to Wyatt Crockett standards. Um, he's what was he two hundred and whatever it was. Um, yep. So yeah, not quite there yet. Uh, and I, I I'll, be, I'll be honest, I'm not sure anyone will ever get there yet. There again, but uh, but yeah, no, fantastic um, achievement for him. And uh, yeah, Wyatt Crockett pass. Actually, maybe that's it. Maybe Wyatt Crockett has been behind the scenes saying, reduce the size of Super Rugby, less games is more, because I don't want people catching my record. Yeah, well, 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 I'll tell you what. Um, one thing I I am sort of thinking about, you know, Masawira, he could have he could have really gone overseas and, and, and taken taken some big money at at any time. Maybe he has done a stint offshore. Paul, I stand to be corrected, but what the beast? And, yeah, not that I can, not that I'm aware of. Hasn't done a hasn't done a uh, hasn't done a, a stint in in Japan. Yes, no. 
Oh, he might, uh, maybe. But then he wouldn't miss Super Rugby, that's true. He could have done that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one heck of a footballer. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but anyway, so we'll come on to Super Rugby later, but let's. Uh, we're going to talk about some other stuff first, make our way around the globe to the USA. And there's been lots of talk of rugby franchises getting to the USA, but uh, but no ever actual action. Um, and Major League Rugby is having a successful second season, um, and they've just announced they're expanding again next year, up to 12 teams. Um, so they're adding in the uh, the New England Free Jacks, who will be uh, based out of Boston, um, Old Glory, who will be based out of Washington D.C., um, and then uh, Rugby Alt Eight uh, Alt, uh, yeah. Whatever, um, based out of Atlanta, rugby ATL. I mean, have you heard of a, a worse name for a team ever? <laughs> no, and yeah, well, it's a bit of a touchy subject, isn't it? Team names. Well, yes, yeah, that's true. I, I suppose a, a bit of thought <laughs> has to go into the name before actually running with that particular name. But I, I must admit, all in all, I, I mean, it's, I quite like uh, a lot of the names, the, the, the Glenvale Raptors. I think is a is a is a pretty awesome is a pretty awesome name, um, and um, the Seattle SeaWolves. It's probably a little little almost a bit aligned to their uh, to their foot their professional football team, the Seahawks, isn't it? Well, it's all about Seattle. You see, see the sea bit, and so um, yeah. and Seattle is 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 a really interesting place in the fact that they all the teams up there wear similar colours, so they all wear green and blue. Uh, which is uh, at the so basically the hockey team, the soccer team, the American football team. Uh, I'm not sure if they've got a not sure if they've got a basketball team there at the moment or not. Mm-hmm. But um, and they actually turn up to each other's games uh, sort of once a season to, to and promote each other. Uh, and the fans there quite often support three or four teams, so they'll actually be mm-hmm. season ticket holders across. So um, it's an interesting place up there. Um, so uh, I've actually got some. Lined up. I've got an American broadcaster. Uh, we're just waiting because Major League Rugby said they were going to be announcing, had a big announcement um, coming up over the next week or so. So as soon as that's made, we're going to do. We're going to sit down and do a um, uh, for your ears only um, piece. So uh, 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 so one of those pieces I do specially for my supporters over at patreoncom more um, Looking at this, but. Um, Heading up to 12 teams, it looks like uh, the Major League Rugby will be heading towards a conference system next year, which... <laughs> currently, currently, currently nine teams at the moment, isn't there, Paul? That's right, currently nine teams. So this, uh, so, and, and, uh, the, and, and if you look at the geographical split of the teams, the foundation... So we had um, seven foundation teams last season um, who were essentially based on the West Coast uh, down through Texas... Um, with uh, NOLA, or, or New, based in New Orleans, being the most um, easterly team. They've been joined this season by Toronto Arrows and by Rooney or Rugby United New York, uh, who are both obviously East Coast, Northeast area teams. And then obviously with Boston, Washington and Atlanta, they're all again on the East. So it looks like, so it started out as a West Coast competition that's now getting much more uh, sort of national coverage, which is good to see. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite, quite interesting too. It's um, reasonably congested at the uh, top of the table. New, New Orleans Gold, having played nine games, most of the teams have either played eight or nine games, but New Orleans Gold on 38 points. Just the two losses uh, 
this season. They do have a game in hand from the second place team, the Glenvale Raptors on 33. Back to the new new expansion team you mentioned before, Rugby United New York on 32 points. And uh, they're on the same number as the Seattle Seawolves on 32, San Diego Legion on 31, and Toronto Arrows on 24. But then there is a, <clears throat> a big gap to the teams that are, are struggling at the minute, and that's Houston, Utah, and uh, Austin sitting way down the bottom. And I'm not too sure if they've actually uh, won this season. No, Aust- Aust- Austin is still waiting to get their first victory, unfortunately. But yeah. Um, yeah. the yeah, it's, it's so yes, yeah, so there, there is definitely a divide there of the top sort of six and then the bottom three. Uh, this season um, in mm. that but I, it's, some of the other things to consider are that the Toronto Arrows because of weather played their first eight games away from home and played their second the, so that was half their season the second half of the season they're playing eight games on the trot at home mm. so they've just started their home stretch um, as it were or, or the home games so it's going to be interesting mm. how to see how that because how that kind of impacts things because teams like Houston uh, um, oh, I've gone blank. Austin, uh, who who play in 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 Texas, it gets very hot there, uh, and so hence they play a lot of home games already. Uh, and yet, so it's interesting to see how that'll impact the season as well. Yeah, just see, um, just looking through uh, the uh, New Orleans Gold team, a lot of you, know, you see a few South African names in there, but I see also uh, John Moonlight now. Stand, stand corrected, but I think he's the Canadian international who's also played a little bit of sevens as well. So pretty pretty handy footballer, but uh, a few Kiwis making their way over there as well, Paul. Absolutely. And one of those um, has been announced um, is um, Blues veteran Murphy Taramai, uh, who's joining uh, Glendale Raptors. Now, I had to have a chuckle at this one because <laughs> Murphy Taramai is 26 um, and uh, to be called a uh, the veteran at 26 is, I think, a little bit harsh. Uh, so I, I brought that up with on, on Reddit, with the major league, with the on, on the major league rugby subreddit, and they were like, "He's been playing rugby for eight years as a professional." But I'm like, "Yeah, he's been playing top level rugby since he was 18. That's true. That's a veteran in our terms." It's like, okay, yeah, I can I can see where they're coming from. Um, the rest of the world <laughs> might think you're not a veteran until you pass 30, but uh, yeah, he's 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 got some he's got a good six eight years left in him. Oh. Yeah, and, and 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 some he couldn't, if uh, for intensive purposes, he he could come back to, he could come back to come back to New Zealand and and maybe play minor ten and and pick up a contract, a super contract if there were injuries or or form warrants. Hey, he could do, um, but the what uh, one of the opportunities you're getting by going to these major league is is you are giving yourself the opportunity of getting a green card if you want to, uh, so there is that uh, that um, draw. To it as well, uh, and look, look. As I say, the uh, the the at the moment, it's only on the up there. Uh, they they are very aware they don't want to expand too much more because they because basically mm. there's just not enough talent to go around all the teams. So they would like an extra Canadian team, probably in Vancouver, um, but there's not been any noise of one there yet. So you're talking probably. I mean, um, there's already. Um, I've gone blank as which one it was now, um, but there is one more team. That is uh, that, that is set up to come to come into the into the league in twenty twenty one, and they've also talked um, about teams in Kansas, Minneapolis, Chicago, um, for example. But we'll see if they actually uh, if, if if they actually if, if they actually eventuate. But um, 
Yeah, there is definitely one more, and I've gone. I really have gone blank as to which um, as to where it is. But anyway, uh, that that is being lined up for twenty twenty one. From memory, oh, there is still expansion happening. Must be whatever news is coming up. It's it's got to be exciting. So hopefully, maybe if not an expansion, maybe a, ma a major sponsor as well. Uh, I know Paul, you've probably streamed a few live games up there. What sort of crowds do they get along? Um. So last weekend, for example, Atlanta said they had the first home game. Not Atlanta, sorry. Um, uh, Arrows had the first game, Toronto Arrows. Um, they had a sellout, um, which was uh, 3,000 and something. Um, so, and they had a little, they had a little issue in the fact that they ran out of beer. <laughs> so, um, but one of the things that's really, that, 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 that we, sorry, um, Dallas is the other team that's, that's joining in 2021. So it'll be a third Texan team. Um, but one of the things that's, um, that I have been that, that, that was really good last year in the first year was we saw letters coming out from um, Seattle Seawolves from uh, I think it was the Utah Warriors saying right here's the issues we've had in our first game here's when they'll be fixed by and here's what we're going to do to fix things and that transparency with their with with their fans to say hey look we don't have a big enough bar area we realise that um, there isn't enough there isn't a big enough tailgate area tailgate party or um, there wasn't enough shady areas for people we're going to put bring some umbrellas in for the, for the time being kind of thing. Um, so they were very they, they were very responsive to those sort of things and they're very transparent about it I, I expect Toronto to be the same is that yes um, have you also heard I mean talking about beer at, um, at rugby have you heard the, the, the news coming out of Japan and how Heineken is a bit scared well, no. That's uh, are they are they concerned as a sponsor about they, maybe they, they, they're they, concerned they, as a sponsor that the 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 the, 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 the um, stadium don't have big enough bars and capacity to have enough beer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, that that is that is concerning if you're a major sponsor. So Very as, 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 as the official beer sponsor, um, yes, they they've gone around all the facilities and they, they turned up at one and it was like, hang on, you've got a you've got a sixty thousand seater stadium and you've got one bar. And it's like yes, yeah. and he, <laughs> what? No, this isn't going to work, folks. Um, yeah. So <laughs> about, that's, you, you would have thought this would have been, you know, when the sponsorship deal was put together, you would have think that would have been sorted out. You know, it's part of your, your sponsorship package. We're chucking a bit of money at your event, but listen, in return, we, we also want to be selling our product through the venues oh. as well. So, and I, I think it has been, but and, and the, yeah, but the deal was yes, you are the exclusive beer supplier. Blah 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 blah. Fantastic, mm. cool. They've turned up to do the logistics and gone. Hang on a second, folks. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Um, but at least they're finding it out now. I mean, it's it's a bit later than you'd hope it would have happened, but. Um, uh, but yes, clearly it's, uh, and I say other, other, it's, it's one of those things that has been, I say they've experienced in the States, um, mm. uh, and, and the, the stadiums have changed appropriately. Uh, and, um, whereas, yeah, and, and they're clearly the, the Japanese audience and the Japanese crowds, uh, are of a different culture to the way they watch, um, sports than, mm. uh, than, 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 than the traditional rugby crowds have got. So, yeah. um, yeah. So yes, they're going to have to change um, all of that kind of stuff. So it's um, it, it's all ex there's, there's, there's some really exciting stuff happening in the tier two side of things, um, and we are really at a I, I do feel really at a crossroads in rugby in world rugby at the moment. Um, that's something I'm going to be talking about more and more. I think over the next few weeks about this kind of stuff. But good news coming out of North America. Mm. 
then some uh, well, we're our way across to Europe, where we had some uh, uh, some some interesting things. So we're going to come on to this later, but actually we'll, we'll just pull this bit forward. Uh, so th- there's been a bunch of um, suggestions thrown out there by rugby broadcasters, um, and one of those has been, and we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll discuss the other ones later. But one of the ones that they've suggested has been the ability of players to play within Super Rugby uh, and, uh, at any club and still be eligible for their national team, i.e. Bowden Barrett could go play for uh, the, the Melbourne Rebels, for example, and be eligible for the All Blacks. Um, and, uh, I mean, one of the things that's been this part of the, the backbone of success for, Australia, for New Zealand and the All Blacks is access to their players and, uh, uh, and not selecting overseas players. Um, Wales have tried to do something similar um, by saying you've got to have 60 caps, uh, so pretty much similar to the Australian system. Uh, unless, uh, and, and if you don't have 60 caps, you've got to come home uh, when you sign a new contract. Extra Chiefs were very, very clever. Three years ago, when they signed a, a, their contracts with Thomas Francis, they included an extension clause um, that, by the sounds of it, uh, had to be agreed by both parties and also I think had flexible remuneration so essentially they were saying basically we're going to have an extension clause that's the same as having a new contract <laughs> but we're going to call it an did, extension clause did he, Paul did he, did he had, when he signed with Exeter did he had, he'd already had 33 caps is that correct which was well short of the 60 mark no 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 when, when he first signed for Exeter um, he actually had came from the, the rugby championship and had never played for Wales. Uh, well, he was unca- so he was uncapped. So he was uncapped when he came to came, when he joined Exeter. And, and if you if you are uncapped, you're allowed to you're allowed to be outside of Wales. It's when once you become capped, you've got to go back to Wales, basically. Um, so yes, yeah, so he was uncapped. Learned his trade there. Got recognised. Got brought into the Welsh side. Has 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 collected forty caps now over the past however many years it's been. Um, so he's not he's not at the sixty limit. But he's gone and got himself an extension, which, um, which if he plays, when you, if you think that teams play what between eleven and fourteen games a year, he could easily reach sixty in the next two years. So yes, it's it's uh, there are some some clubs are getting starting to become much more clever around their contracting. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really quite interesting because there's um, I know what's confusing a lot of people in Wales also. Reese Webb, the halfback, he signed with uh, Toulon and he's only just had uh, 20, 28 caps to his name but he obviously can't come back and play for Wales correct? correct now he was a bit unfair because they changed the rules just after he signed his contract within like a week or so <laughs> which meant that suddenly he was in, ineligible um, which was a little bit harsh he's also spent all his had spent all his rugby year, um, development all the years in Wales up until that point but basically, missed out on caps because of injuries. So Handy. yeah, he 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 was he was yeah he was unlucky basically. Handy too. He'd, he'd probably be the Welsh number one, wouldn't he, if he was available? Oh, easy. Yes. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's one of those players. I mean, him. I mean, Charles Piertau is another player that you'd expect to be playing international rugby if they were available. Um, hmm. There's a few players like that around who, yeah, who are definitely good enough, but aren't quite. But because of where they are. Um, yeah, aren't considered eligible, unfortunately. Interesting times. Interesting before what you were 
talking about, say, for example, if a Bowden Barrett did go and play for for the Rebels. I, listen, I personally like the idea of it because, um, you know, if, if, a, if a couple of really good good footballers that I follow from rugby players from New Zealand that I follow went and played for South African sides, you know, I'd probably show a little bit more interest if I was watching a South African derby, derby just to see how those guys would be going that's that's the sort of plus side and I, and I think it would be it would be make it would make it meet more meaningful for your average rugby supporter out there who probably doesn't just follow who maybe just follows his own side but you know you'll also look over the fence to see how another Kiwi guy was going for uh, going for another franchise um, on the other side of it I'm not so sure if the all black selectors would be quite happy entirely happy with it because all of a sudden you take their autonomy away from being able to tell super coaches that okay such and such can can we have this guy arrested during the season i don't know whether the rebels coach would would, would necessarily agree or the bulls coach paul do you think well look it comes that comes down to contracting doesn't it um if you if you put a contract in place that says that um, the, the New Zealand coaches can, can ask for the player to be rested X amount of times um, mm. and maybe there's some sort of compensation payment from New Zealand rugby when they do that then uh, then that's that's what the contract is and you sign the player understanding that's what's going to happen so mm. um, so I, th- I think I, that can be handled with contracts personally uh, mm. as, as, and, and make sure you're all playing you all want to play to play players together the big problem that, that we've had with Super Rugby really over the last four or five years has been the inequity of the, of the conferences. Basically, we've had one conference that's had four of the best five teams in it, um, and that's caused an unbalanced conference, and that's because of the players they've got available to them. So if we allowed some of the good players to go to the other conferences, the, 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 other, the other teams, and you had a much more even competition, competitive competition, then all of a sudden... This conference situation doesn't become such an issue, um, and I think that's been more. There are two reasons why conferences have failed. One, the initial conference setup was a joke and was mm. it was too confusing, and then secondly, it's because we've had unequal conferences. Those are the two main reasons, really. It's failed. Uh, it's not that conferences are a bad thing intrinsically, as we've seen with Pro Fourteen, where it's going, where it's working very well. Based, based based on points, Paul, we weren't seeing the the eight best teams. In fact, we were seeing this re- ridiculous situation of um, of maybe the um, the best team out of the Australian con- conference with maybe less points than the fourth place New Zealand team sitting in uh, sitting in the uh, in, in well ensconced in the in the in the top four with the ability to also host a home for, home, home quarterfinal, shall we call it? I, th- I think we're still seeing the top four teams making top, sorry, top eight teams making it into the uh, into the finals. I don't think we've ever had the ninth the sort of uh, the team that's finished in ninth being better than a conference leader mm. in one of the other two conferences. But we haven't. But within the eight, the seeding's been being being being. But if you understand that the, uh, but that's down to having I say unequal unequal uh, mm. levels of talent across the three conferences. Or four conferences previously as it was, but um, but it's yeah. Everyone knows the rules when they start, and if we allowed a bit more movement of players, I think that wouldn't have been a problem. Mm. Mm. But uh, okay. there you go. So it, 
it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting one but I, you know i think it just adds some extra bit of bit of excitement uh, it, it'll add a lot more sort of speculation about player movement as as well you know and yep. um and also it, it it'll it'll also probably open maybe open up an opportunity for those players that are some sometimes seemingly unlucky to miss out i i the, the other component I do like, you get a lot of players that are sometimes unlucky to miss out on super rugby rugby contracts. You know, didn't quite make it, but, you know, all of a sudden maybe picking up a, a contract with an Australian franchise, South African franchise, or even, dare I say it, an Argentinian franchise with the Hagawaris, it might be another reason why they end up staying in New Zealand rugby as opposed to looking looking elsewhere. I, the... The, the prime example of that is the um, is the Sunwolves, isn't it? There we've got a team that's been pretty competitive this season with a bunch of players that can't make it in New Zealand oh. franchises. <laughs> Hayden Parker oh. is over there because he couldn't make it. Um, uh, Little is over there again because he couldn't make it. I mean, um, oh, who's the guy with dreadlocks that plays up in that um, is from the Tanifar? Plays no, seven. Dan, Dan Pryor. Yeah. Dan Pryor. Um, another one. All these players um, are players that uh, that basically didn't make it through the New Zealand system, but they're oh, showing and, they're good enough. And I'll tell you what, in uh, Hayden Parker, arguably he'd probably be you'd have to rank him in the top two or three first pivots in this competition, Paul. Ooh, um, top two or three comp- in, in, in the competition. Wow. Yeah, so we're yeah. saying he's. Oh well, well, hang on. I rephrase that. He's definitely the top goal kicker in the competition. Mm. Yes, and I must admit, I did have to check to see whether the world was ending when he missed last weekend. I looked out, <laughs> had to look out the window and see whether we had uh, meteors yeah. fly, falling from the skies and the dead rising up from the graves. Because, <laughs> uh, wow, he missed a kick. I mean, he does, it's, uh, that was um, he's only allowed one a year, I think. Well, isn't he's- it? Well, well he's, he's, he's definitely, his, his goal-kicking is more accurate than the Sunwolves line-out, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've got the poorest line-out in the, in the competition, and um, to be fair, that's probably cost them games this year. Yeah, I thought you were about to say he's got, the, he's got more accurate goal-kicking than my predictions, but there you go. Um, <laughs> which is probably also true. Oh, dear. Um, so that leads on to Mickey Mouse moment of the week, actually. I mean, does his miss count as one? I'm not sure. No, that would be that would be harsh. That'd be harsh. That would be, oh, okay. that'd be harsh. That'd be harsh. It was it was going to happen sooner 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 rather than later. And he was on the wrong side of the field for an effort around the corner kicker as well. I'm just hearing excuses here. Um, yeah. I know. They- <laughs> bring up, um, where's the violin? I'll bring it out. <laughs> um, so yeah, talking about uh, Mickey Mouse moments, oh, the Lions' capitulation against the Sharks was absolutely wow. horrendous. Did, um, not, did not did not did not see that one coming. Um, you know, they've the Lions, for all intents and purposes, they've probably been the flagship South African team for the last uh, last few seasons. What? How many finals have they been in, Paul? Uh, three, I think, on the trot. Yeah, three, three, three three finals so yeah who knew who saw that one who saw that one coming but 42-5 at home is uh is is not good they were well and truly been 
it's not only 42-5. I mean, they should have been um, um, way, way more down than that, to be fair. Um, because the it, it, it took... Um, well, it took the, the, the Sharks in like 20, 20 minutes to score their first try and they butchered three opportunities mm-hmm. before then. And yeah. you're like, seriously? This was, uh, yeah, yeah. This, th- that, that should have been a 60 to 80 point drubbing. Um, oh, and, 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 and still some quality players in the side. Just, you yeah. know, looking, I know they've lost a few names over the years, but Alvin Yantes, you know, Malcolm Marks, to name a couple, you know, um, I mean, I mean, Whiteley's you know, injured and stuff, but even so, yeah. that's to, to to be taken to pieces like that at home by the Sharks is just yeah. Now that's just that's wrong. Yeah, it's on. It's it's almost beyond Mickey Mickey Mouse, isn't it? Really, <laughs> Mickey Mouse moment of the weekend. But um, speaking of speaking of Mickey Mouse, mine Mickey Mouse moment of the weekend was uh, listen, you almost got the impression with the, the Highlanders. They've played the Hurricanes twice this year, and they've, they've arguably probably butchered both of those games. Now, speaking of butchered, was their very last line-out of the game. I I just didn't see a reason why they had to throw to the rear of the line-out that, that got picked off, where they should have just really go, went to the front. The Hurricanes hadn't competed at the front of the line-out, so you really needed a straight, a long, straight throw, and there's too much risk involved. So, for me, that was a, a real Mickey Mouse moment. For the Islanders, just absolutely don't know what they're, what they're thinking. Um, I'll give them credit for going to the win. They could have, I know earlier with several minutes to go, they had an opportunity to kick a goal, which uh, I'm pretty sure Marty Banks could, hey, could have kicked. you got like four minutes to go, kick the three, get even, get the ball kicked back to you, go back down the pitch and win the game. Absolutely. Um, so bad decision-making on my, on my um, uh, there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Was wasn't a Mickey Mouse moment, but um, for poor old uh, Marty Banks, who's got quite a cult following in, in New Zealand, and, and and rightly so. You know, he's from he's from the he's from the West Coast. Um, he's had an, had an interesting sort of sort of career, and probably uh, made the best of his his career, but probably had a pretty unforgettable uh, last twenty minutes, topped off with a with an injury that's going to keep him out for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now I would just my, my only counter to this to, to your argument here is. If we look at England versus Wales at the 2015 Rugby World Cup, where England kicked to the corner, called the line out to the front, and then got driven out of t- driven into touch. Yeah. Um, so if you do throw it to the front, you do re- you do reduce your options uh, for that. Um, so I understand why teams like to go to the back in that situation. Yeah. The um, but my my final sort of or unless you got another one, but my final big about of the week was was Lamappy. I think it was because he catching a crossfield kick or something, and then ran into and knocked over Houston, um, who 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 sprawled yeah, on the yes. floor. <laughs> yep. The yeah, play, players taking themselves out, which I thought was yes, that, I, I always enjoy that kind of that that, that kind of uh, yep. foolery. I, I think there was the odd pass that went over the sideline to the touch judge as well, but I just can't recall which game game it was. So there was a couple. Of, we've seen a couple of those moments uh, this year, namely Will, Will Jordan and the New South Wales. Uh, Mm. New South Wales uh, Canterbury game, looking for his man on the outside. But wait a minute, I am the man on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> now he got himself a couple of tries this weekend as the uh, as the Crusaders got themselves out of jail against the uh, against the Brumbies. Yeah, and that was yeah, um, yeah. yes. Now he's uh, yeah, re- real real surprise to anybody who wasn't tuning into that game. The, the Brumbies, the 
in a, in a real surprise, led seven and a half. I probably should have led by a little bit, led by a little bit more. With such such was their their dominance. But well, I, this I, Crusaders team. I, I, on roll. Wow. I, I think you've. Uh, I think you're being too kind. That um, they should have led by a lot more than that, um, not just a little bit more. They, they they should have been like 14 or 21 points ahead at that point. Um, they 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 totally had that first half under control and just couldn't finish. Um, which was actually this was this was something I, I've not written in the notes, but I, know, I think we should probably talk about is we had that game where again yeah one try in that first half we had uh, there was a nil all game between the Reds uh, and Reds. the Stormers Stormers uh, in the first half. We, we just talked about the Sharks were managed to spend the first 20 minutes butchering opportunities against the Lions. What is it with teams that they just can't score early on? I mean, we, we had lots of teams at the weekend were just, or lots of games at the weekend went quite a long time before they actually got going. Yeah, I, 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 did, I did see an article um, was about the was about the lack of tries, but more about the, the defences being a lot stronger than, than, than pre- previous seasons. Apparently there's been a, a little bit of decline, which they've, they've put down to some really good defence. So tries have been a lot harder to score, but I can't, can't, quite, put, can't quite put my, my finger down. Maybe probably at the end of the day, just skill execution. Paul, when it, when it really matters, you, on, on, the, on the other side of the coin, you... You sort of look at the, the the Blues game where they went out to a point a minute, stuck on 17 points against the Waratah, and, and for a moment they looked like they were going to um, put on a masterclass, but that, that came to a shattering halt because the uh, Waratahs came right back into the game. Yeah, no, very true. Yep, I forgot about that one. But there's, there is, um, yeah, there's. Just, I think there might be an element of uh, early on, the defence is still fit, so if someone makes or, or still sorry, still fit, still fresh. So if someone makes a mistake, there's more opportunity. There's, there's, players are more likely to cover it and get back to cover mistakes than than later Ooh. on when they're a bit more tired. Uh, but even so, it was it was very noticeable this weekend that a lot of a lot of the games, uh, yeah, there, there weren't many scores in that first half um, at all. Oh, listen, and I, and I think you've got to have. I think when you're taking on teams, you've got to have very sound tactics as well. I, I think back to that game last Friday night between the between the the, the, the Hurricanes and the Highlanders. Just look, just when it looked like the Highlanders were taking control of that game, I think they pushed out to about 27-18. I think they had a, a two tries score lead, and they pretty much got that lead by hanging on to the ball. And then all of a sudden, for some unknown reason. Marty Banks decided he should kick it down the throat of one boat and bear it. Well, <laughs> and the, hur- the Hurricanes have shown you know, a lot of question marks about their about their, their tight five this year. But one thing you don't give them is is space to run it from the back, and that's where boat Barrett. Inter- interestingly enough, and I know we'll probably talk a little bit about that that tomorrow. But man, in that in that fullback position, when given a bit of space, how dangerous is he? Uh, very dangerous, but so is a certain Dame McKenzie as well. Um, mm. <laughs> he's not the only one that's, that's dangerous there. Yeah, yeah. Um, the but yeah, so so yeah, some interesting stuff there going on in, in Super Rugby. Not quite sure why, um, but keep an eye on that over the next couple of weeks and see if it becomes a trend um, or not. Um, so you were talking about the magnificent seven, as you called them, um, <laughs> the uh, for, for for the uh, for the Blues. So the Blues during the. Um, the week announced that uh, they had re-signed a, uh, a bunch of players, uh, and those players are um, 
Maffiello. Ma- no, sorry, Maff- Maff- Maffiello. Anyway, uh, Rob Robinson. <laughs> okay, after you, go on and please educate me. Uh, Marfilia. Uh, there's Caleb Clark, Tom Robinson, James Parsons, the veteran. Yep. We can say veteran. I think we can say veteran with James Parsons. <laughs> we, yep. can, we, can, we can say veteran. He has resigned. Uh, Ortede Black, I think, is uh, is another one. Now, there's uh, maybe one or two others. In so, TJ Fiani and um, Perifetta are the other two. So, interesting that Black yeah. and Perifetta have both resigned. Um, yeah. Now, I think all of them have resigned in 2020, except for Caleb Clark, which is um, not Caleb Clark, um, Clark. Um, who has signed through till um, 2021. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so seven players there, all, all, all re-signed. Now, um, any names there that you're a bit... Obviously, Parsons, as you say, veteran. Uh, so, but, uh, but you do need to keep some leadership in the side. Interesting that Black and Perfetta are both sort of both fly halves, both uh, happy to stay, maybe? Yeah, you, you, almost, you almost get the, the impression... Back for his first year, he was pretty much out, out injured really for the first year, wasn't he? We, we, we never got to see him during the 2018 season, and, and probably it's, you know it's, it's probably a good sign that maybe he can see something at the at the end of the end of the rainbow, so to speak. Um, he he realises there's a there's a whole lot of young guys. I, I suppose for for Blues supporters, there's a certain couple of brothers that they that um, I think a lot of um, Blues supporters would be super excited if they signed on the dotted line, and I'm talking oh, about sorry. the Yuani, yep. the Yuani brothers. But they, but they, they um, already have, they already have resigned, haven't they? They, they have resigned. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, they resigned last year. So I think Rico um, signed up for like four years, and I think Akiri signed up for two. So they're, they're, they're yeah. both, they're both returning anyway. Um, yeah, wasn't wasn't totally aware of that, but it's it's good, you know. You, you as I suppose as a coach, you you want you want continuity. Um, Interestingly enough, it'll it'll be interesting to see how the cards fall, shall we say, Paul. I, th- I think there are definitely um, going to be some challenges, especially in and around midfield. It'll be interesting to see what Sonny Bill and you know maybe the Blues can get maybe one more season out of out of Manonu in in 2020. Well, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see. It's it's unlikely that Sonny Bill will stay stay with the Blues, so they'll 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 probably be looking for other other midfield offerings. They'll also have to look at replacing uh, Milani Nanai. That's real, real unfortunate because he just seems to have uh, found his way at, at this level level of rugby. Yeah, I mean, Nanai, to, to me, there's an interesting one. He's somebody that uh, the, that I've, I've watched play. And when I watch um, Israel Flau play, for example, uh, and he seems to look around for a pass... And if it's not Foley, Beal, or Hooper, he holds on to the ball and doesn't pass it. Yeah. Last year, he yeah. kind of like, sorry, mate, you're not good enough. I'm actually better off trying myself than you are. Yeah. And I'm seeing a bit of that in Nanai. That basically looks, if it's one of the, if it's um, Rico or Kiri, then he'll pass it. If it's not, then he'll yeah. quite often hold on to it and have a go. You, you kind of Seen like, it. yeah, not Seen that it. real team player. Yeah, seen a seen a couple of examples of that actually. Um, I can think back to the Crusaders game, where he had Tom Robinson on the outside, absolutely totally totally ignored him, and uh, would have been good good to have seen the big red flashing down on that north stand uh, side of uh, Eden Park with a with a bit of space because we know that he can run. 
Um, but, you know, you do the basics first. If you've got a man on the outside, you feed that guy on the outside and you back up. It's, it's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah, and so, so yeah, so, so I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of Nanai, to be honest. Um, yes, he's a very, he's a good player and, and does some very good things, but uh, I think he's got deficiencies that, uh, that, that need to be overcome. Um, and one of yeah. those, yeah, is, is, is that not trust of, only trusting certain players. Um, so for me, that's that. Now, the other side of it is that the, 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 this season we saw, or sorry, last season, um, we saw Auckland win the Mighty 10 Cup um, with, uh, with with a whole bunch of players. And there are a number of players in that team that didn't make the Blues that people were thinking, ah, well, they're good enough. So, I mean, two springs to mind, one of whom has come to the Chiefs, which is the centre that was playing um, next to TJ Fiani. I've gone blank as the guy's Tumua. name. Sorry? Yeah, Tumua. 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 Um, and the Canadian lock um, as well. Olmstead. Olmstead. So two there's players. One, there's, one, there's, there's one, I was about to say, Paul, there's one other as well who, who and here's, here's a scoop for our listeners out there. I believe Robbie Abel will sign with the Blues for 2020. Yeah, there's a scoop for you. So where is he at the moment? Um, currently with the Melbourne Rebels. Okay. I, I, I think I think he's currently with the Melbourne because he didn't go back to the Brumbies. So I think he's I think he's currently with the uh, yeah currently with the Melbourne Rebels at the moment. So yeah, so there's basically we saw this all these players who are playing well, good form, earned themselves. What, what a lot of us thought earned themselves the, the the right to have a Super Rugby contract, and then basically were blocked by players who had signed the previous year, uh, and there weren't spaces for them. So, uh, whilst we have signed these seven players, and uh, there, there are some in there that I think, like Robinson, um, like TJ, um, who have kind of really earned themselves, and actually probably Clark as well, who earned themselves an extension with how they've played this season. Parsons earned himself, it probably is a veteran. Um, but I'm not sure, but I'm just wondering, uh, yeah, are we fi- Are we seeing that uh, there isn't enough um, space being left for Mitre 10 Cup guys to earn their way into the sides? I, I, I think probably for a, a lot of the coaches, a lot of them sort of want, want their consistency. So they, they try to, Try to basically tie up as as many players as as they can, and probably just leave those positions open that they they need to fill. Now, in the in the case of the Blues, um, I know that uh, what I'm hearing is somebody like Matt Moles will, will be will be heading offshore. He's probably just a little disgruntled that he hasn't really got a a, a lot of game time. But on saying that, he probably hasn't challenged. James Parsons enough, and, and to be fair enough, I, I hear a lot of criticism of of James Parsons. But to be fair to him, he, he does listen. He, he brings a he, he brings full noise. It may be not the same impact as a as a Dane Coles or a Cody Taylor as one of those level lookers, but he still offers a heck, offers a heck of a lot. So I suppose when you you go back to my team cup, that's, that's the next place you've you've really got to look around. Or else you've got to go outside your own franchise and look around but if you look around at all the hookers around the country Paul they're all pretty much locked up aren't they they are and some of them aren't that uh, decent aren't, aren't that much of 
a step up either. So, I mean, um, I mean, Harris has got his line-out throwing issues and, and others. So, yeah, I, I, I get the continuity side of things. Um, but, I, yeah, it's kind of like how do you reward good Minor 10 Cup performances? Um, I'm not so sure. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I, I was going to say, Paul, Tom Robinson is, is an example of a, of a guy who who basically, I think his first three or four games for Northland, he was you know, probably the player of the day in every game. And, and I know the Blues coaches at, at, at the time were, were super impressed. They shot up to Whangarei and, and had a chat to him. And then he, then he got injured and never came back to... Till, until later in the season. Now he was—I've got to say—he was probably just picked solely on that that preseason form pool, and probably a lot of the feedback that would have been given from the Northland coaches. So, I'm pretty, listen, that's a great thing about about Mitre Ten rugby. Guys come out of nowhere. Look at look at the turnaround circumstances of one Sevu Reese. I tell you what, <laughs> getting in trouble with the law there. I say it is, but almost turned into a godsend, doesn't it, Paul? You know, um, I don't condone, I don't condone what he did, but you know, it was looking this time last year, it was looking pretty, it was looking pretty dour for uh, Sebu Reese. You know, he he was about to sign an overseas contract with, was it Ulster? No, no, he had a, he had a contract signed with Connett, um, Connett, which they then cancelled because of his uh, yeah his uh, his his legal um, issues. Um, so yeah, and and. and the uh, well, perhaps I shouldn't go there because um, I've, I've uh, having been in and around the Waikato um, club uh, the squad, I've, I've heard a lot of stuff behind the scenes as, as to what happened there. So um, I think some of the stuff that came out that, that, that was that was clear: a um, he he admitted it, which was which was good. B him and his partner were both went to counselling um, to to try and sort things out. So uh, I, th- I think he has taken a lot of the right steps uh, and. Also, his partner, who, as I said, um, has uh, had had some issues of her own. Uh, look, they're going they're going through the right steps. And I think it's yeah, it's it's the right uh, that um, it's good when you see people who realise they've made mistakes uh, and look at fixing themselves. And that's 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 what that's the case what we have oh. here. Oh, and, and talk about talk about taking your your, your chances with both hands. Oh. <laughs> Paul, uh, I mean, it's a pretty even pretty amazing. Listen, if you if you if you ever going to get for, if you ever fortunate enough to. To end up at a franchise, I suppose the Crusaders is the franchise you'd you'd, you'd, you'd want to you'd want to end up there. You know, Fitu Fitu Douglas is another example from. You know, I, I personally was never really sure whether he was maybe just a good minor ten cup player, but once again, an example of a guy who's who's just absolutely uh, uh, take, taking his opportunities. And um, you know, this this time next year, Paul will probably be talking about somebody else who's taking their opportunities by having a good minor 10 cup season. Yeah, well, and and, and several from my understanding is that he is already uh, internationally tied as a Fijian player. Um, so hence, that's why he counts as a foreign player. In, and because the Chiefs um, understood he was going overseas, they signed themselves the, uh, the Japanese international, um, which then meant that when Severis came available, they didn't have the space for him, which is why he mm-hmm. ended up down, down, in, uh, down in Christchurch. Um, luckily for him, and really unluckily for Israel Dag, who we'll talk about tomorrow, um, uh, Israel's had to, to unfortunately retire. But that has then gone and given Sever um the opportunity to basically stay now permanently with that Crusader squad and get a proper contract, which is good to see. But 
does, does, doesn't seem fair, does it, Paul? You've got Havili, you've got um, you've got uh, Will Jordan. Oh my God! You know, you've got, you've got George Bridge. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> no, I mean absolutely. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how he has been um, tied to to Fiji because I can't see that he's actually played any international rugby there yet. So. Maybe he's just, and he moved over here in 2014 um, and to attend Hamilton Boys High School. So he's been here for getting on towards to getting on towards five years now. So, so from a residency point of view, you'd think he'd, he'd qualify for New Zealand. Well, um, you could. Well, you can. You can bet dollars to donuts, uh, Paul, that there'll be a contract. <laughs> there'll be a contract table by the Crusaders at, at come season end, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he does appear to be the uh, the yeah the replacement for um for Israel Dag, as you say. <laughs> the, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The space has opened up um for him. So yeah, no, he's he's yeah, so he, he's he's, just, he's a guy who uh, has taken his, his opportunities very well. Um, he's someone that uh, that was pushing for. I can't. I'm not sure if he actually beat. Um, oh, I've gone blank. Uh, he was the he was the Waikato um, assistant coach, has the Waikato try scoring record. Um, Roger Randall. Roger Randall. There we go. Um, but he was on track to beat um, to, to, to surpass Roger Randall's um, season try scoring record. I'm not quite sure whether he did or not last season. But uh, but yeah, he's uh, definitely um, up for up for that. Um, I'm just looking at his stats. Apparently, they reckon that he scored 124 points, 23 tries, one penalty, and three conversions for Waikato. Quite when he's kicked goals, I've got no idea because I didn't see those last yeah. season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, listen, only 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 twenty two. He's only twenty two years old, as well. So you know. he is, but he's all, he's he's a, he's a player who's come through the sevens program again. Uh, he's, he's he's a very good sevens player. Let's be honest, he's not the biggest player in the world. Um, so no. size size is an issue. Is is could could potentially be an issue for him at international level. Uh, but boy, he's got pace uh, and he's got feet. Um, tell, tell you what, you, he's listed at eighty-seven. He's listed at eighty-seven kgs. Was was Shane Williams any bigger than that? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's not. But a, he had amazing. He had amazing footwork, didn't he? He did. <laughs> amazing footwork. Um, but I say, yeah, he, yeah, he's not a big player. Uh, which, which he might, I say may, he may cause him issues at international level if he ever gets there. Um, yeah, but, as, but he, but as a. Uh, but yeah, so he's been a very good sevens player uh, for Waikato. Um, over, one Damian, over the last there's years. one Damien McKenzie uh, who could argue against all this. You know that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's he about eighty kgs drip, dripping wet? Well, yes, true. He is also a uh, yeah on, on the slight side. Um, the uh, actually, I'll, I'll look him up. But um, uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll have to yeah we'll we'll see how he goes. But that's I, I'm. I think there needs to be the 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 the, the super teams need to keep um, space for the players that do come through because uh, yeah there are there's, I think there's definitely a need for them need a need for those spaces. Paul, if I can interject, I was about to say um, Sibu Reese has got uh, he's got nine kgs on Damien. <laughs> yeah, seventy-eight kgs. Seventy-eight kgs. <laughs> Okay, we'll, 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 we'll just forget about talking about size. Size does not matter. Really? Because because I think I'm probably around about seventy eight kgs. And I tell you, I, I'm I'm. There's no way I could. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> wow. The um, I think I'm around. I've got no idea. I haven't weighed myself in a long time. Um, so yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's yeah. That's however they are. Um, we're going to run out of time to talk about all this, but there is a whole bunch of stuff that's come out about the uh, about Super Fourteen, Super Super Fourteen. Apparently, it's going to leave a seven million dollar hole in the budgets for the Australian franchises. That's um, uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm not convinced they've gone the right way with this. I know a lot of people are very happy and are saying less is more um, and saying hey. Super 12 was when it was at, was at its best with rose-tinted glasses. Um, but you can't turn back the clock. Uh, and, I, and I'm concerned for where the way for the direction rugby's going in. So, so Super Rugby's gone in. Um, did, uh, what, what are your thoughts on Super 14? Do you think it is, it's still the right way, or do you think there is a think they've made a mistake? It's, it's, it's kind of frustrating because uh, the Sunwolves have, def- have finally found their feet. Um, and, and needless to say, like we... We spoke about like a team like the Brumbies. We we all expected the the, the Brumbies to get absolutely shellacked. But to to be fair, you know that final score probably flattered the Crusaders on uh, on, on Saturday, and they, they were more than competitive. But you know, we, we also we saw the Waratahs on on Saturday night, very competitive. That game could have gone either way. We know what what's the best Australian team. That's going at at the moment. Is that the that's the rebels? Rebels. Yep. Rebels. On they're on, they're on twenty. They're on twenty three points. They're on clear. They're in clear second place. They've only they've only lost two games, and they they're playing some really really good code. They are. Um, the, my, the only question mark around the rebels is the fact that they've the two games they've lost have been outside Australia. Um, they've not won outside Australia yet. So that's the only that's my, that's my the only question mark around them. And, and the South African conference, well, I think you said it yourself, Paul. It's just an absolute freaking basket case to, to, to pick a to pick a winner in, in that particular conference. So, and that's exactly what you want from a competition. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit frustrating. And I think um, you know the Sunwolves is is everybody's second team because you you know you, yeah you do see a few foreign players out there. I know there's the argument from from another faction who will say, oh well, that's, this doesn't help. Japanese rugby, but I, listen, Japan have got their own competition. But this is also this is also franchise rugby, where people can can follow a team at another higher level. Paul, um, a little bit like how we like we're passionate about our minor team cup teams, but we love following our franchise teams as as well. Um, and uh, yeah, they just uh, the Sun Wolves, if they kind of look at the season, there's I can probably think they really should have beaten the Reds. They really should have beaten the Waratahs. But unfortunately, their Achilles heel this year has been their line-out pull. Just, it's just absolutely imploded when they've actually needed to be at their best because, no question, they can score tries. And they got a guy that can kick goals from anywhere on the paddock. Yeah, the, the winger, I've just gone blank as to his name now. That's um, uh, Nasawira. Nasawira. Oh, he is having a, he is having a stonking oh. season. <laughs> oh, talk about you know, once again, you, you, uh, you talk about footwork as well. Wow. But see, here's a guy who couldn't get a contract in Super Rugby in New Zealand, and all of a sudden he's gone overseas, been exposed to this level of rugby, and hey, guess what? You know? Yep. He's, um, he's playing behind a team that plays a good, expensive, expensive uh, brand brand of rugby, and um, they, they certainly see when they first came into the competition... A, f- a few years ago, and um, 
I don't even know. Have we seen the have the Japanese players played for them this year, Paul? I some of them have, but not um but uh, yeah, definitely not all of them yet. Well, um, we we haven't seen Michael Leach though. We haven't seen Leach uh, the, the skipper though. Nope. Run, run, run. So we we definitely we haven't we the, and to to me it, it's it's the um the the right thing to do um is to bring is to integrate those players back is I mean, to to take a team and then just switch it um would have been would have been really the the wrong uh, to to take it the, the to to say right yeah suddenly one week we're playing this time this side um now we're going to play the japanese team next week was the wrong way to go so i think they've done the right thing to um uh, to to integrate the players uh, back into this into the side just just on Australian I, I, rugby, I, I know they've got, I know they're probably concerned about their that shortfall of, of seven million dollars. But one thing they should be excited about is, uh, you know, all of a, all of a sudden they're just starting to develop some good, good young players again. And I think the fact that they've got somebody like a Quade Cooper who's back playing rugby at this level level again, and and to be fair, he's leading this. Um, He's, he's leading this uh, Sunwolves team around quite, um, beg your pardon, Sunwolves, this Rebels team around <laughs> quite expertly at this stage. See, I can't get the Sunwolves out of my mind at the minute. Um, you know, it's, I, I think it's a really good thing. And they've got some they've got some players that are, always had some players that you had had question marks on it. But, you know, even if you, you look at their midfield at the moment, Karevi looks in really good form. And boy, he's a, He's a hell of a unit as well. He's over 100 k's, six six foot two, and he's a genuine line break breaker. And um, I'm just trying to think of the. Uh, so you're, you're Karevi, you've got Kurandrani, um, Kurandrani playing well for the Brumbies. You, uh, you know, gee, you've then got I mean, Beal can play 12. You've got Adam Ashley Cooper back playing 13. Uh, you've got Curtis Rona playing 12 as well. Oh, um, you, you know, and you think to yourself, if if a Wallaby team got an attacking situation. Say for example, just on the the twenty two, the crossfield the crossfield kick from uh, the crossfield kick from um, oh, first five just, just Fo- Fo- Foley to Falau. Yeah, Foley. If he can if he can put that on a dime, um, Falau just catches that every day of the week, doesn't he? He does, um, which is why I, I I would be playing Falau on the right wing. I wouldn't be playing him at yeah. fullback. Um, I play him in the right wing, I, I, and I put Beal at fullback. It's true what they say. Great minds do think alike. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've run out of time, but I was going to talk about some the broadcaster suggestions. Um, so I'll be I'll put that into a for your ears only piece opinion piece on uh, behind patreon dot com forward slash driving more this week, and that'll probably be on Thursday. Uh, so look out for that because uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff being suggested there around neutral venues. Um, we talked earlier about uh, players mm. being able to play outside. Uh, there's talks about having themed round single sponsors um, uh, and also changes to the rugby championship as well so I'll talk about all of that in, in there but um, which games are you looking forward to this weekend? Oh, I, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm very curious to see how the Blues are, Blues are going to go this weekend away away from Eden Park which has sort of been a bit of a fortress the last last three three game, games or so Um Heading down to Chief to a rejuvenated Chiefs team who have had a good, good week off. Really looking forward to that game. It's not, it's not going to be easy. Um, and um, 
this will this will you know I think it's probably a defining game for both teams. I think if the if the, if the Blues win, then on onwards and up upwards, and we can truly say yeah, they've just got a got a got over a mental hurdle of beating a New Zealand team away. But if they lose, it doesn't get any easier because they're away again next week. And uh, from what I understand, after that, I think they may only have the two home games left. Well, they've just the won season. four home games on the trot. The opening game yeah. of the round, the opening game of the season against the Crusaders was a home game. That's five home games, um, yeah. and you only get eight. So yeah, so yeah. is it eight because sixteen? Yeah, sixteen games. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So they've got three more home games to come. Um, so a lot of lot of a lot of games on the road. I think they've also got the the Hurricanes last round of the last round and second to last round. I think there might be somewhere in there's the Crus- the Crusaders. <laughs> But at least, well. at least they've got their, their, their tour to South Africa and, and Argentina out of the way. Oh, very, very much so. And unlike Super Rugby last year, there's no break in the season. So Yeah, so because you, your Crusaders, your Highlanders and Hurricanes have all still got to do that. The Chiefs went yeah. and they actually won both their games. So the Chiefs would be happy to get out of the way, that out of the way as well. Um, but the other three have still got to go. But um, So I'll be live with post-match reaction to that game on YouTube. So, um, so do check that out. Um, for me, though, Battle of the South Island, uh, yeah. Crusaders versus Highlanders on Friday night. Um, really looking forward to that. I will be at the Zone Sports Bar in Hamilton at Sky City. So if you're in Hamilton, come and join me to watch that game. Uh, myself and John O'Connor will be up on stage uh, giving you a pre-game entertainment. So we'll go through. We won't be doing a song and dance. What we'll actually be doing is telling you. <laughs> <laughs> is, is we'll, we'll be previewing the game. Um, we'll be up, back up at half time. To, to fill in the ad breaks um, and then we'll give you a post-match reaction to the game as well so come and join us that's free um, at the Zone Sports Bar um, come and have a and uh, if you want to get there early obviously it'll be Friday night so you know knock off work head down there play a round of golf yep they have an indoor golf simulator so you play a round of golf have some have, have an eat and then watch the rugby I mean it doesn't get much better than that does it really there you go so, um, so yeah that's a good one um the other games, I think, are all uh, well. Rebels, Stormers, I think we can we we, we know that we could, got to go with Rebels there. Um, the Brumbies, Lions. Well, we've just seen what happened to the Lions last weekend. So, um, if they don't bounce back from that, then yeah, they're in for a long old season. Um, Bulls, Reds. Yeah, I think Reds on the road are going to struggle. The Sharks, Haguaros could be an interesting one. Haguaros just beat the Bulls at the weekend, um, and obviously the Sharks had that uh, big performance against the Lions. So that should be. If you want to get up and have a have a, a sort of early morning game um, or middle of the night game, the Sharks versus the Aguaros is one I would probably uh, give you a, a tip to be a decent game. So, thank you very much, sir. I will talk to you again tomorrow night. No problems. And um, thank you everyone who has joined us in the live chat and has been and, and uh, has, has been watching the show. First, you on the recording. Don't forget, up there is how you can subscribe to the channel. Down there is how you become a member of Patreon that I've been talking about joining the show. And over there, the artificial intelligence here at YouTube says you'll enjoy those videos. So go give them a click. Get well, Ashwin. We need you. Yay! Come back, Ashwin. This is.